0: Welcome to the Artist Academy Podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features art marketer Jessica Craddock. Jessica mentors ADHD artists who are tired of marketing strategies that don't align with their personality in order to sell three times more art. I like talking to other business minded creatives, and I use this interview to extract some art marketing advice that I don't regularly use or teach. I like the fresh mindset that Jessica brings to this. She comes from a business background and gives a clear look at her students' businesses to help them simply describe their art and how to buy it. <laughs> we chat about subjects like outreach, how to get referrals, how to start selling canvas art in your local area, all the things. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Jessica Craddock. Jessica, hello. Can you tell us a bit about your art business and let us get to know you? Then we're going to ask you all the art business questions. All the questions.
1: Sure. My name is Jessica Craddock. I have a business called The Artist Market Co. where I mentor visual artists. Many of them have ADHD through marketing plans and facing their fears and all of that. I got a degree in painting. And I started, how do I sell my art? And what do I do? And trying to figure out the answers to all of those questions. And ended up really falling into marketing. I got a job. I started a website business, how we do these roundabout trails through our lives. And then eventually realized artists are the people that I love the most. That's who I want to really be helping. So I came full circle back to that. So that's where we're at today.
0: Awesome. Okay, so you paint on
1: canvas. So I actually, I was thinking about how am I going to talk to you about this? I made. What I am now considering a mistake, I'm just going to be like straight up real vulnerable already. And I stopped painting. I have recently in the past couple of months, I joined an artist group in hopes to get some of that creativity back. And I've started falling back in love with it. But I think where I went wrong was when I started this business helping artists who sell their art. I had this idea in my mind that if I'm not the most successful artist in the whole world, no one's going to listen to me. And I wasn't really painting a whole lot at that time. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that right now. It's just not really the thing that I care about the most right now. And so I just let it fall by the wayside. And I, I do think that was a mistake. I should have faced my own fears and worked through that. And gone. you know what? It doesn't matter. You can be creative. You can be an artist. You can have an art business. You cannot have an art business. That's irrelevant to the whole why did I stop painting conversation, but that's where I came from. So recently, I've been thinking about it more as I've started painting again. And what would I do if I were to start over if I did want to have an art business? I'm not sure that's what I want, but I can't help but think about it because. That's what I do day in and day out. And what would I do differently? And what are the moves that I would make? What would I tell myself differently? And that's where my head's been exploring a lot lately is what would I have done differently instead?
0: Yeah, okay. So I do murals and then I coach artists how to start a mural company. But I'm like, wait, how do you know what to do if you haven't done it though? Oh, How do you give advice on how to do a business?
1: That's a really valid question. I love marketing. I think marketing is really cool. I'm obsessed with it. I study it like a lunatic. So that's how I got started is by studying it and working at a company that did marketing as well. And then I just applied those lessons and brought them over to how would I do this if I were an artist. And that's where I started. Then over the years, as I've had clients and as I've studied other artists doing what they do, I've learned more and more about what works. And then I bring that in, I test it, I see, okay, so I'm gonna make this little tweak to it and then I'm gonna bring it back. And it's just been this whole like process of, here's what works, okay, I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna learn how to teach it in a way that they can understand it and hear it instead of in this marketing language speak. And then we're gonna do it all together and we're gonna see, here's the results. Okay, now I'm gonna perfect it a little bit more and I pull this and this out of it. And just keep going back and forth with it. So that's how I did it.
0: Yeah. So, some benefit with that too is you're not like in the business because it's, I think it's hard for me to just know how to describe it in a way and like how to promote it because I'm so deep in it. So, you more get to look at the outside of artist business and go oh, fix that. Of course. And we're like, oh, that's a, such a great idea. Okay. Do you mostly teach artists how to sell canvases or what kind of art?
1: It's not necessarily canvases. There are a lot of painters because I say painting a lot because that is the art that I know. But I have I have sketch artists, I have photographers, I have people who do graphic design and do some art on the side, I have people who make wallpaper and like all kinds of different things. So it doesn't have to be a canvas. It's more the experience of learning how to talk about your art, who you are as an artist, finding different marketing mechanisms that both align with you and are strategic. So what I mean by that is no one artist is going to sell things the same way. So you do murals, you probably... Do a lot of relationship marketing. I know you do some great content marketing on your Instagram. I'm making this up, but maybe those are your two main ways of finding new clients. Whereas someone else, I think relationship marketing and content marketing go hand in hand. You really need both. But someone else might say, you know what? I really want to do collaborations with women's groups who are focused on healing. And so she'll go out and she'll do that relationship building create those collaborations, make content around that kind of stuff. So really looking at what do I want to create and how can I use marketing strategically to help me create that?
0: Okay. What's another way that you coach artists to go through? So besides the three that we just mentioned, is it email lists? What's the most common thing that you're like, okay, and from a marketing mm-hmm. standpoint, you need to be doing this. I think that social media is
1: important, but it's not the end-all be-all. But it is a really great place for you to experiment with your ideas, to connect with people. And so I usually recommend having some sort of social media account. It doesn't have to be any particular one. It could be Instagram. It could be Facebook. It could even be something like YouTube. But also, at some point, that can only take you so far. So bringing people over to an email list, if you can have one social media account and an email list, I think that is bones for good marketing. And then a lot of people want to add on to that. And then I want to do Pinterest and then I want to do this and I want to do that. And at some point that might be right for you. But when you can get really good at those two things and systematize how you're doing it, make sure that you're doing it regularly, learn what's working for you and then growing from there instead of trying to do all the things at once. Just my general advice.
0: Okay. Okay. So you mentioned email list. What kinds of things are you putting out in that email list? Is it a newsletter every month or what's the strategy? Every
1: single one of my clients has a different email marketing strategy. So when you're starting out, like if you've never done email lists before... I'll usually start you off with, let's try one a month, right? One of my clients who's a little bit further along, one of the things that we did in November was she was sending, I think it was two emails a month on average, and she had a lot of mental resistance around sending more than that. But she had this collection that she'd released and I was like, what if I challenge you this month, just this month, we're just going to try it to see if I send out three extra emails around this collection launch, can I sell three extra pieces? And I think she ended up selling more than that, but she was further along. If I had told someone who had never emailed anyone before that now they need to quote unquote bug people and start sending hundreds of emails, they're going to have too much resistance to actually take action on that. So I really like to build people up from a place of let's get this in place, then let's get this in place. So also you mentioned, is that a newsletter? was that they're sending? What I like to do is think about who are they? What are they trying to say with their art? I have this whole like content topic spreadsheet that we put together. And there's some overarching topics. And we look at what's feeling the most aligned with the art that you're trying to sell right now. So one of my clients, I mentioned healing earlier, because I just got off a call with her. But she is wanting to kind of transition from being just an artist to really showcasing that she's also a healer. And that's what she does with her art. So then we would take that idea and say, Okay, what kinds of emails can we send that really focus in not just on showing a piece of our art and saying, I have a a show coming up and clicked buy, but how can we connect with our audience a little bit more? How can we bring us into that newsletter so that it brings value to people's inboxes and feels good for us to make?
0: Okay. Awesome. What are some other ways? I'm mostly in the mural space. And so I know how to start and grow a mural business like the back of my hand. So I'm all I'm so interested in other people's techniques of how to do things because I have a lot of artist students in my membership that they really want to sell canvases and they really want to sell prints and I'm like I've done some of that but murals are my bread and butter so that's how I know but So what do you, so say I was coming to you and I'm like, I have all this canvas work that I'm working on and I really want to do sell prints for the holidays. Like what are some tips? Like where do you start? What's step one and two? I don't like to generalize, but if I were going to generalize
1: and you had never sold your canvases before, or you'd sold a couple here and there, but you really have no idea how you did it. And you want to take those canvases and turn them into prints for the holiday. This is like stupid advice, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. You just start. And let's get a little bit more specific than that. But what most people do is they'll say, okay, I want to sell prints for the holidays. So they'll go and they'll start researching and saying, what's the best print center? And they'll spend way too much time on that. Maybe not way too much time. That's an important part of the quality of your work. But then they'll say, oh, and I need a website. So I'm going to go build a website and then, oh, I need a shop page. So I'm going to now go figure out how to build a shop page and load all the things. If you don't have all that stuff in place already, if you don't have an email list, all you have is 500 followers on it. Remember I said content marketing and relationship marketing. We use them together. So when you're starting, I've mentioned, how would I do it if I were starting over? I would be more brave to start. So the first thing I would do is I would make a, I'm going to post this many times a week. I'm going to try different formats. I'm going to try some reels. I'm going to try some carousels. I'm going to try some posts. I'm going to try some stories. And I'm just going to see what people are responding to the most. When someone responds to one, meaning says, that's really cool. I might want to buy it. Or how much is that? Or that thing you said really resonated with me. Take that and see how can I remake this? In different ways? How can I talk about it a little bit differently? And use first start with a little bit of experimenting and narrow it down as you go to what are people actually resonating with? So that's the content side of things. And again, if this is a holiday sale, you probably don't have a lot of time here, probably like a three week window. So maybe week one is I'm going to make a whole lot of crap. And then week two is I'm going to get a little bit better at it. And week three is, Okay, I have an idea where I'm going. Other mistake that most people make is they just focus on the the content things because it can be really time consuming, especially if you don't know how to do it. So they say, I said I was going to do five posts and I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm going to spin and talk through it forever. And I'm going to use up all my marketing time making those five posts. When instead, let's say you had 20 hours a week to be working on this. 10 of that is always art. You have to be making art you own an art business. You have to have things to sell. 10 of that is marketing. Five of that, five of that 10 is content. So you give yourself a maximum of five hours to make those posts. The other five hours, if you don't have an audience, a much of one, you haven't sold a whole lot of work, you don't have an email list, is telling people what you do. No one likes to hear that one go through my phone. And I would say, hey, I don't talk about this very much, but I make art. And I'm selling some prints for the holiday. And they're about this. Let me know if you want a link. That's where I would
0: probably start. Oh, through your phone? Like the contacts in your phone? Oh, okay. Friends and family. And okay. So just text them. Hey, this is what I do. Maybe send them a couple photos or... Like start with a shorter message. Like I'm
1: trying to
0: really make this
1: art thing that I do real. And so I'm going to try selling prints for the holidays, not trying to spam you here, like just make it really human. Not trying to spam you here, but I'm trying to be brave and tell people what I do and I'm practicing. I like that. So Mm -hmm. if you want any more information, let me know. Another thing that I would do is this isn't necessarily holiday related because maybe you just decided and you can't get into a, a market or whatever last minute. But one thing I teach is the connection ladder. So at the very bottom, we've got text, and we've got audio, and we've got video, and we've got in-person in a group setting, and then we've got in-person one-on-one. So the higher up that connection ladder you can get, the more chance that someone is going to purchase art now or in the nearer future. So if you could find, for example, one of my clients did some little, let's just call them animal paintings. And she asked a local store owner, Hey, can I set up a table outside your shop with these paintings? And he was like, Sure, why not? And she ended up doing really well just because one, she was brave enough to ask. And two, she had her local community. It was a good setting, it was a good place to put up a table. But she had people walking by and she was able to talk to them. Yeah, here's what I do. And they could have that real connection with her, which made them more connected to the art, which led to. Art sales without a ton of social posts and strategy and this and that and that. The more you can get your art in front of people to start, that's where I would start.
0: Okay. How else would you get your art in front of people if not on social media? Because that's also my bread and butter. I'm like, just put it out and then put it out to 1 million people and then somebody's going to buy it. <laughs> like, yeah. way is, maybe somebody hates social media. They're like, I really don't want to do that. I'll do anything but post on Instagram.
1: Else? So the point of social media is to have people find your art, keep it in front of them and to hopefully build relationships and connections with them. That's the way that I see the point of social media. So if you are like, please, I'll do anything else. We have to find, first of all, a different way to get your art in front of people, meaning it could be in person. It could be, hey, first of all, I would think about what other skills do I have? What other things am I interested in? So maybe you also happen to be someone who's an aspiring novelist. If that were the case and you love writing, maybe you create a blog. Blogs are fairly useless (laughs) unless you think, okay, how do I get this blog in front of people? Then you're like, okay, I need to learn at least the basics of search engine optimization. And so we create search engine optimized blogs We include our art in the things that we're talking about. So whatever we're talking about, it ties back to our art. We've got images. We tell them how they can buy it. We probably have a thing where they can sign up for our email list so we can stay in front of them. So we're reaching new people. We're staying in front of them and we're creating ways for them to purchase our art. So that's just one example. But if you're really thinking about what do I like to do? Who am I? What are my strengths? You can problem solve as long as you know what I'm replacing, which is getting in front of people, building relationships with them and staying in front of them and giving them a way to buy.
0: Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of in-person things would you recommend people do? Oh, there's all kinds. So the most obvious
1: ones that I'm thinking about right now, because they're the ones I've been discussing with clients the most lately are things like markets and festivals. But there's also using the example from earlier, the girl who wanted to do the women's retreats. That's a form of a collaboration where say, the person who's hosting the retreat is a human design expert, and she teaches creativity as a healing mechanism. That's a good in person way to get your art out there. Let's see. What else could you do? If I were starting over, I have a little bitty town with five restaurants in it and three art galleries. I would go talk to all of them and say, can I hang my work up in here? There's a little coffee shop. There's a bar. I would talk to every single one of them. The reason that I would do that for me is because I love my little community. I haven't been here that long. I don't know that many people but I just feel really connected to it. And so the more I feel connected to it, the more people are going to see that. And the things that I've been painting recently are landscapes of my community. So thinking about what is your art about? Where does that align? One of the things that I teach is called the Ideal Art Buyer Map. i are just going to do it real quick. It's three circles. It's pretty simple. So like this. One of those circles is you. Who's your community? Who do you spend the most time with? Who have you worked with in the past? Who do you love to hang out with? Like those type of people. One of the circles is more about what is my art actually about, such as mountain landscapes. So I'm painting mountain landscapes. That's the subject of my art. But also what's the deeper why or meaning or values that I'm trying to convey through my art. Maybe spaciousness, maybe it's magic, maybe it's community. And when you look at those three circles, you can see where does my art align? And you can go find the places and the people who also align with those things, such as you and I. So we both are people who love helping other artists. That is something that we have in common. So us having this conversation just makes sense. I'm not going to go talk to somebody who just writes landing pages for a living, unless I need a training on how to do landing pages. But like, that wouldn't make sense for me. So also if you take your art out of it and say somebody who wrote a book about growing food in a container, where would they share that? And you can think about it backwards like you.
0: Okay. Say somebody wants to paint, say I'm a muralist that I wanted to paint for businesses. Because that's mostly Mm -hmm. what I do. So I'm really like, hey, coach me through this. Give me or any, I'm open to any new ideas. I guess I should. I actually just got off another podcast episode where we were talking about this idea, but I should connect with pages that other businesses follow. Right. So there's a, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's a local page here in Springfield where a lot of businesses want to be promoted on it. And there's a Facebook page where all the restaurants post. So go there the
1: local business bureau, the chamber of commerce. One of the things that I teach my clients to do is to make a list of those ideal art buyers like I just described. One of the things that goes on that list is past clients. So who are all of the businesses that I've worked with before and go back to them and be like, hey, I am booking out through February and I'd really like to just get my next couple of months lined up. Do you know anyone who I should know who might want a mural.
0: That's a good idea. Just asking.
1: Hmm. See, that's the scary. That's the brave face your fear part. Obviously, that's a lot harder than going on a Facebook page and saying, I do murals. Does anybody want one? Which is also slightly intimidating, but you can do it. The the harder it is for you to do, the more it's going to work. Okay.
0: Okay. Having those conversations or emails with people. Do you ever pitch? Is there a good pitching method for, I don't know, say you're trying to sell, saying I want to paint a mural for a school or I want to... Like cold calling, essentially? Yeah. Yeah, so that's one of the things that,
1: I mean, if you have no other connections, that's something you might have to do. Okay. My guess is you have a lot. But if you don't have anyone who... Works at the school, give you an in, you can result to that cold calling pitching. And most people don't like doing it because it feels weird. What I recommend again is making it as human as possible. So for example, I might say something like: first of all, go on and research who the person you need to send the email to is, and let's pretend it's you. So then I'd say, Hey Andrea, I have this idea. I'm a local artist. I have a mural business and I've done this one and this one. You might have seen them. I had this idea about how I would love to portray the idea of imagination on a school's wall. I don't know if this is something that you guys would be interested in. But even if it's something you might be open to discussing, I'd love to take you out to coffee or I'd love to come to your office and chat the idea through with you or something along those lines. So, that idea is we're presenting them with the reason why they might want it, which kids' imagination, that's an aligned for most schools idea. And we're giving them an easy next yes. We're not asking them to commit to it. We're not asking them to give us a deposit. We're just saying, if you have any interest at all, I'd love to chat with you about it, especially if you throw in some things about, I live in the neighborhood. And what are the things that would make you the right person for the job that's going to help you get that in the other thing that I would do is say who do I know who knows someone who works at the school and ask
0: them for an introduction okay okay I like that just sometimes it's just so simple that just you just have to I think bravery is the thing going out a a little bit out of that comfort zone I don't mean to bug you but but really if I get emails like that or suggestions like that I'm like I'm not necessarily bothered by it. I'm just like, oh, good for you for doing that. So it just also just thinking about it on the other end of it. It's, we're not going to bug them if we ask for a recommendation.
1: But especially if you can be like, hey, Cynthia, mm, let me back up. I like to lead with conversation starters, meaning how can I have a touch point with this person first before I ask them a favor? How can I make their day? How can I do something nice for them? How can I tell them how beautiful their children are and how they've grown up and I'm so proud of them? What can I do that's just like a nice, decent human thing to do first and then be like, hey, I have a favor to ask. And if you don't want to, it's totally okay. But I know the superintendent at the school and I would love to have a meeting with them. Is there any chance you'd be willing to send an email introducing us? Okay. Yeah. When you have that someone else almost recommending you first, that's another good way to get that that in before you send the pitch email
0: yeah that's a really good idea okay any last tips on here before we wrap up anything common that you usually tell people maybe over and over again or if you were just starting out what's the big advice or what steps would you be taking right now to get your art out
1: let's go with that was a lot of questions (laughs) my brain went 14 directions (laughs) you can choose what steps would i be taking okay so i'll tell you Let's start with what steps I wouldn't be taking. And I'll try to make this quick. Love that. What I would have done in the past is I would have opened up a social media account and started posting on there every day and then start building a website and then figure out how to get people to sign up for the newsletter and then figure out who are my people and where should I go on the internet to promote my art? And basically the most removed that I could be, that's what I would have done. So on the flip side, what I would do today, if I decided, you know what, I want to make art and I want to sell it, I would do almost the exact opposite. I might still have a social media account just to get started on there, but I would spend pretty little time on there. I would go out in my community. I would, like I said, I would go to every single one of those little places in my town and be like, you want to hang up a piece of my art? I would put a little card under it with my website. I would probably create some sort, and I said website, instead of a whole website, I would probably do a one page website that said what I want them to buy, how they can buy it. So if you want a mountain painting like this for your house, fill out this contact form. Contact form would add them to a list of people. So I now have emails. Maybe people would fill that out, maybe they wouldn't, but that's a way that they could find me online and connect with me. The other thing I would do is I would go to probably every artist that I know in my community and say, where are you showing up that's working well? And I would apply to get into all those places. That's where I would start.
0: Oh, I like that. Just not necessarily reinventing the wheel, keeping it so simple, ask other artists what's working for them and just doing that (laughs) rather than Mm -hmm. all the runaround stuff.
1: I like that. And really putting all your attention into, I'm going to get this off the ground floor as quickly as I can.
0: Gotcha. Make the art, sell the art, not do all the gadgets. (laughs) Yes. And I love gadgets. This is coming from someone who's,
1: I'm going to know all the latest stuff as soon as I can. But that is just so you you should know stuff, but also know when to use it and when it's really procrastinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you awesome. Well, that's all I have for today. But thank you so much for coming on and just shedding a little bit of a light on some other marketing methods to sell your art. So I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, Andrea. Yeah. How can people find you if they want to work with you? So my website is
1: theartistmarket.co. That would be the place that I recommend you go. You can get to all the places for, if you don't want to be on my website join my email list. If you don't want to join my email list, you can get to my blog or my podcast or my whatever, whatever
0: from there. But that's my hub. Artistmarket.com. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you are welcome. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy Podcast. I've been putting out at least one episode per week for more than four years on this podcast, and it's really cool to see those download numbers go up and up as time goes on, and that's because artists like you listen and share these episodes, so really— When I say thank you, I mean it. It's really cool to see progress along the way. And anyway, if you like this type of art and business content, then I highly encourage you to get the audio version of my book, Mural Money, with over 15 hours of listening inspiration. I'm currently running a special of just $17 for the audio version. You can go to muralmoney.com to find it. And that comes with a bunch of extras, like my art supply list, my pricing guide, recommended book and podcast list, and so much more. I filled that book with tips from my art journey of building a profitable mural career. Plus I've included the best of the best advice from guests I've interviewed on this podcast. It's the most affordable all-in-one book of advice on art and business that I have. And if you enjoy listening to me here, then I know you'll like the book too because I read it myself all 15 hours of it. (laughs) The book is available on Amazon and Audible normally for $25. But if you go to muralmoney.com, that is where you can grab the special $17 deal while it lasts. If you haven't listened to my book yet, this is your sign to do it. Again, normally $25.00. running a special for $17, but you have to go to muralmoney.com. That's where you can grab the audio version of it. And that's all I have for you today. So I will see you next week for another episode of the Artist Academy podcast.